0: Cairo, Seattle.
1: It's time to get schooled with a professor, Sean Clayton.
0: And welcome to Schooled with a Professor. It's like uh, what an eventful owners meeting it was. And really, it's, I mean, what, the first time since 2019 that the owners actually got together in person. But, of course, the meeting itself had so many weird results and different results. And joining us right now to talk about them, you know, Charles Robinson from Yahoo. And, of course, Charles is probably, you know, I, I would consider the best investigative reporter uh, covering the National Football League. Certainly gets into all the you know different aspects of things and does, does such a great job. Charles, what was your overall reaction to what you heard from the owners meeting on Tuesday in New York?
1: Well, Where do we begin? <laughs> I know, it's like wow. I
0: guess let's you know let's break it down one by one. I guess the the big thing is you know the uh, the Dan Snyder thing. You know the, the fact that uh, you know yeah. Roger, Roger Goodell, who now, it can you believe he made one hundred and twenty eight million dollars over the last two years?
1: Yeah, that's just astronomical. I mean, that's below, I, I When he was making forty, you know, it was floating between you know forty and fifty million. It was. Um, unbelievable! To, mm-hmm. to, to make, you know, reportedly 128 million over over a two year period, which you know, I when you land a CBA and you cut a, a new television deal, I, I guess that would probably kick in every bonus you can think of. But of course,
0: I mean, it comes it comes in after a year where owners lost about 120 to 150 million dollars in 2020 because of the pandemic.
1: And not, and what's interesting too is not only that you're coming off of a, of a year of, of you know the cap rollback and the revenue rollback, and and you're now you know, further away from that twenty five billion dollar a year annual revenue mark he wants to hit. But it also happens in the midst of let's see, there's a lawsuit in in uh, St. Louis over a relocation. There's a lawsuit in Oakland over a relocation. There's a Washington football team investigation that is. Not going away. Congress is now trying to get involved with your private business. Uh, you have the concussion settlement, which they thought was put to bed, but then the, the race norming aspect of it comes out. Um, I mean, it's just uh, the, you know, oh, the Washington football team's getting you know, this facility's getting raided by the F, uh, the, the DEA. Um, I, I mean, it's the number of things that have all collided at once are just it's, it's remarkable, and then. Right in the middle of all of it, someone who's supposed to be charged with keeping everything, you know, on the tracks and, you know, not running afoul of litigation and all these different issues is Roger Goodell. And he, and he reels in the biggest payday of any commissioner in the history of sports on the planet.
0: Now, what's the what's the raid going on with Washington? I, that one I hadn't heard. Yeah. So the, the team's head of medicine.
1: um uh, it's basically the head of the, the their training, the head of the training staff, and their chief of medicine, who mm-hmm. you know helped to set in place uh, the training protocols and whatnot. Um, a few weeks back, uh, the DEA served a subpoena on his townhome to basically go in and collect um, material related to an investigation um, that that he's now part of, and and they also served a subpoena to go into the Washington football team practice facility to seize items that are also related to him and this ongoing investigation. Now the team itself came out and said, Hey, you know what? He's, he's under investigation here. That has nothing to do with, with the franchise. Um, He's the person that's, you know, ensnared in this, but here's the thing about this. There are NFL players who have spoken um, with the DEA uh, uh, like as a part of this investigation. Now everyone's been told, keep a lid on it. Don't talk. Um, and and the feds are pretty good at keeping things like this buttoned up, but I don't think you can say, "Hey, has nothing to do with our organization." When your organization not only employs this individual, but also is getting a subpoena served to have you know things taken out of your hands that that are tied to him. So, um, and and it's funny because that was a big story for such a small period of time because it got pushed out of the news by everything else that was going on you know first it was urban meyer you know uh the whole urban meyer video from from the bar after the the jacksonville loss to cincinnati then it was uh oh, the you know john gruden emails leak and the, the Demory smith um you know email leaks and and it's just the news cycle of really bad news has just been so fast and furious that things are piling up and you don't even realize
0: Well, then on top of it, we have, you know, the 650 emails that, uh, you know, went and ultimately cost John Gruden his job uh, with the Raiders. And, you know, part of the emails had, you know, uh, Jeff Pash, who's negotiated so many of these uh, CBAs and is their top lawyer, you know, giving it sounds like favorable treatment to the Washington football team and uh, Bruce Allen
1: clearly a close personal relationship when you read the content of those emails like it's it's very very friendly and very you know some of the some of the interesting things that sort of pass back and forth were bruce allen's talking about you know um lowering a player's salary i suppose you know you would assume through negotiation or whatever basically saying okay you have to take a pay cut and jeff pass calls it the lord's work <laughs> i'm like oh this, geez. Is, this is this is the league's top lawyer, everything goes through him. Every, every negotiation, every, um, when you think about the, per, the, you know, the personal conduct policy, right? Every player that gets suspended under that Jeff Pash is at the nexus of this, all of this. And, and um, you know, fines, all the fines that get, you know, run through the league system, you know, Jeff Pash is a part of that. And the fines that are levied on teams, he's a part of that. It's um, and it's, you know, it's not good to see the, the league's lead counsel for decades um, look like he's kind of ensnared in the middle of this. And I think when people ask, why, why can't parts of this Washington football team investigation be made public? And, you know, why, why were there only you know oral reports versus written reports? Why is so much of this clearly geared toward keeping it silent? Um, you know, what makes Stan Snyder so special that the league is covering for him? You have to wonder... Has Dan Snyder been around long enough and seen how the sausage is made long enough and, and been in those executive committee meetings and heard all these different things over years that the league sits there and looks at him and says, we can't afford to, to go after this guy the way that we did, Jerry Richardson. We can't afford to make him um, you know, sell his franchise. He has too much on us. We have too much on him. So we're going to handle it in a way where, we, where we, it's a triage situation. We just got to cut it off and move on.
0: Yeah, and of course, I mean, the results were, and it seemed like Roger was endorsing the results. And even though there's 40 uh, women complaining, and even a couple that went to New York to complain, uh, you know, they're claiming the anonymity that was there for the women. Uh, that's why they're not releasing it. It was a $10 million fine on Washington. And then, of course, uh, you know, they made Dan Snyder supposedly step down, but he put the team and his, you know, his wife is running it now, which tells me that Dan Snyder still is running the team.
1: Yeah, I mean it's you know how far you really removed when it's it's your wife who's who's handling the day to day operations, and let's let's be clear here too. He wasn't completely dismissed from team activities. They just shifted him more into a role where they're saying, hey, you know Washington is trying to get a stadium built, and and Bruce Allen was someone who was spearheading that until he was fired by the franchise and. Now the necessity is there for Dan to, to step up in a way that, you know, Bruce was handling that on a constant basis. Well, maybe Dan now needs to handle that. There's a, there's a lot of political lobbying that goes on building a stadium in, in that region. And, you know, so that's a pretty big deal um, to, to now handle, if that's what he's truly doing on a day-to-day basis, handle getting a stadium built. Um, you would think for an owner that takes up most of your time uh, as it is, but uh, as you said, his wife is, is, is running the team. You're <laughs> never really far away from uh, the activities of the team when, you're, when your wife is handling that business.
0: Yeah, I'd mean, I, I ask you, it's like where is this all heading, but it just doesn't seem like it's heading anywhere.
1: I, I think they've told us where it's heading. I think the NFL has repeatedly stepped up and said, we're not releasing anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. Every time they're pressed on it, whoever's leaking these emails, whoever leaked the John Gruden emails, the Jeff Passion um, the Jeff passion and Bruce Allen emails, uh, I, whatever, whatever this entity is, where this goes is sort of in their hands. You know, if it's, uh, whoever felt the motivation to leak parts of it before, will they feel the motivation to leak, um, additional things that are unseen at a later date. But as far as the league, uh, cooperating with anyone and turning anything over they're they've taken the stance. They're not going to do that. And I think even with Congress, um, You know, look, there's there's an element of congressional oversight where you can send a letter and you can say we want to be part of or we we want to see these materials. We want to know how this investigation went down. We have questions. The NFL can say we gave up antitrust. We're not antitrust doesn't kick in for us anymore. We are a private uh, corporation. These are and all the individual teams are private businesses. And of what national oversight uh, comes to the interest of Congress? Uh, when it comes to an individual football team and that workplace environment. The NFL feels like it has a, a leg to stand on, that it can beat that uh, legally um, and and doesn't seem to be very worried about whether or not Congress can, can actually dig into their business.
0: Interesting. Then, of course, I mean, what's so weird about the whole situation and situations is the fact that, uh, you know, the only, tr- obviously $10 bucks is a lot of, of money, but not for, you know, uh, Four, four or five billion dollar team, but it's like, uh, I mean, the only damage that uh, has been done, except for the women that have been, uh, you know, in in this in the mix, is it the information getting John Gruden fired.
1: Yeah, well, in terms of what's come out, yeah. uh, it's definitely, uh, you know, John Gruden has been the one who, uh, it, you know, you can take whatever stance you want on this that John wrote those emails, mm-hmm. whether he was, you know, employed in the NFL or not. Um, he places himself at uh, a potential future risk. And, I, you know, I can see – I can completely understand people looking at it that way and saying, you know, John John put himself in the crosshairs. He sent these to Bruce Allen, who is in a franchise that, frankly, if, if you and I were sitting there and we were having a beer and I said, hey, John, uh, what, what franchise you – know, you know, let's spitball it here. What, what do you think is a franchise that maybe in the next 10 years could, could be the subject of a leak <laughs> investigation? I guarantee you wouldn't have gone far down the list before he got to Washington – so, you know, there's there's an element of, of taking that risk yourself. Plus, you know, sending it to Bruce Allen's, Bruce, Bruce Allen's work emails. I don't know anywhere in America where you work now where you're not like, oh, I'm pretty sure the corporation either can read my work email or does. Um, but, you know, I, it's – it's. do I think that this is something that goes beyond John Gruden? It feels like everyone else feels that way, that there's no way you can have 650,000 emails and – the only one who faces punitive measure based on the content of those emails is one then ESPN employee. Um, That that doesn't seem realistic, particularly when, as you said, you saw the Jeff Pasch emails. and You're thinking, these don't really look good either.
0: Amazing. Then, of course, we have the Stan Kroenke story. You know, he's got the lawsuit going in St. Louis for – I don't know if you can say it's not going well, but now he w- he wants to try to you know get out of paying the rights fee, uh, the, with the the fee to move the franchise uh, into the new stadium.
1: I mean, he wants to get out of paying. I, I, when you sit there and you look at this whole thing, that yeah. what's crazy about this is that to move to to Los Angeles. All of these owners knew there's an element of, of contract that's being broken here to do this, and that always puts you vulnerable to either a settlement or, in a worst-case scenario, a lawsuit, a lawsuit that might not break your way. So you may have to you know, incur damages, um, and you don't want to be embroiled in that. So Sam Kroenke says to all these owners, don't worry, I got gotcha. you. I'm, I'm indemnifying you. I will pay the legal fees here. I will pay uh, if there, if there's a settlement here. Um, or I'm on the hook for some kind of legal judgment, I got it. Don't worry, I got it. So what do they do? They vote in favor of Stan moving. Well, now all of a sudden we're further down the train tracks and everything is going horribly wrong for Stan, and now it's looking like this is going to go in front of a jury and billions of dollars could potentially be on the line in terms of damages, not to mention what is now appearing to be you know, tens of millions of dollars in legal fees already that have mounted, and Stan is saying, I don't know that I want to pay this all by myself now. I don't know if I want to indemnify you. And what I signed, it referred to costs. It didn't say anything about damages. And I could probably wiggle out of that indemnification agreement based on that language. All these all these other owners are sitting there going, wait a minute, what? are you, we, would have, we never would have voted for you to move to Los Angeles. If you had told us, I'm not going to pay the bill when it comes due – um, that is just remarkable. And when you have a meeting um, that's that's of owners, just owners, that executive meeting, uh, which is one of those private meetings on uh, in the entire league when when Stan Kroenke is asked to leave. So these owners can all talk about him behind his back. Um, and the only one who really sounds like he was sticking up for him is Jerry Jones, who's reminding those other owners Hey, when when you guys came after me, you know we're thinking now. You guys are thinking about suing Stan over over uh, having to pay uh, portions of, of the fallout in this relocation. Just remember when you sued me when I wanted to get outside advertising, I, I countersued you. So Stan could sue all of us. If we sue him, he's going to sue us, and we're going to go back into that that whole mess. You remember that? <laughs> we want to do that. Well, at one point, Jeff Pash says, "Okay, well, let's bring Stan back into the room." So we can we can ask him some questions about this. And Jerry Jones says, I think if he comes back in, maybe he should have his lawyer with him. <laughs> <Like> that's that's <laughs> where we're at now. We're now now not only are, are NFL owners talking to each other in these private meetings, uh, they now have to have their lawyers present because there's a chance that they might end up embroiled in lawsuits against each other.
0: Unbelievable. What else And were you missing from that came out of this incredible meeting on Tuesday in New York? You know the Deshaun Watson
1: question was was put to Roger Goodell about why, you know why is Deshaun Watson not on the commissioner's exempt list? And you know I think Roger Goodell coming out and saying, um, look, w- what we have in our hands now, uh, we don't feel like we we have the ability to place him on the or we don't feel it qualifies to place him on the commissioner's exempt exempt list. And I think you know um, Roger painted it in the aspect of in terms of of their investigation there are materials that they want to gather that that are tied to these not only these 22 civil suits um that are that are pending against uh deshaun watson that are alleging um sexual misconduct various forms of sexual misconduct but also there's a criminal um investigation going on right now and roger's basically saying look we can't get to some of the materials because they are Um, You know, uh, they're they're being removed from our reach by this criminal investigation, and we don't want to taint a criminal investigation. We have to let all of that run its course first, and then we can make our final judgments and, and bring in Deshaun Watson and finish our own investigation before we ultimately decide whether or not he, you know, needs to be put on the commissioner's exempt list at one point and then
0: ultimately suspended or not suspended. In- incredible. So Charles, what all do you have online and uh, available for everybody?
1: Well, it's obviously we're at the trade deadline, so um, I've written a couple pieces, just sort of regarding uh, one today about the Packers and. You know, you're sitting here at seven and one and Aaron Rodgers, you know, it's not a perfect seven and one, but it's a seven and one that I think in a, in a wide open NFC, um, puts the Packers on a track that's similar to the last two seasons where you're sitting there going, Hey, could this be a team that, you know, fights it, its way to the NFC title game again? Yeah, it could be. But what happened those last two years? Well, they got into a situation where you started to look at, um, who they were facing and you felt a little bit of a talent deficit. Um, in the last two NFC championship games. And the, and the Packers came up on the wrong side of that. And, you know, so I wrote a piece today just basically saying, like, here's an opportunity for Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, and the Green Bay Packers, to say that to Aaron Rodgers, you know what we've learned from the last couple of years? We have $5 million under the cap, which they're the only NFC team over 500 right now to have that much money under the cap. And there's going to be some options out there that are cheap That could help the team. Uh, Brandon Cooks wants out of Houston. I think Brandon Cooks would fit very well in that Green Bay offense, Um, and he's owed uh, about $1.5 million prorated the rest of the year. Um, There's some tight ends out there, that I think that that could help them as well. You know, Deshaun Jackson, um, now it looks like he wants to be dealt from uh, the the Los Angeles Rams. So there's there's an ability there for um, the – the Green Bay Packers to make a move here that I think could maybe uh, patch up some of the wounds between Aaron Rodgers and that front office, but also give them an opportunity if this is that last draw for him to actually make the Super Bowl.
0: Charles Robinson, I thank you so much for joining us. on schooled with the professor. Great stuff.
1: Awesome. I appreciate it. thank you, John.
0: And that does it for this week's podcast. In between episodes, you can follow me on Twitter at Clayton ESPN. If you enjoy these weekly one-on-one conversations, consider leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to the show. Thanks for listening. See you next time on Schooled with the Professor.